Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hello and welcome to The Bee's Knees podcast. This is your host, PJ Ewing. We have a terrific interview this week with a football player, knee injury, a lost season, maybe a lost career, really smart guy, medical student, Robbie Stewart. We hear his story and understand what he had to go through nine months after his injury. When all was lost, he found a solution. I want to say one more thing, and that is regarding other episodes on the Bees Knees podcast, make sure you're searching through all of the episodes. There's content for avoiding manipulation, recovery after manipulation, bilateral knee replacement, ACL, ORIF, ORIF, patella fracture. We've got a lot of information here, and you may not find it in one individual episode, but if you just start searching through the directory on Apple or wherever you happen to be, Spotify, you'll find maybe what you're looking for. And that's it. Let's hand it over to Mary Elliott, who will take us through this terrific conversation with Robbie Stewart. Hi, everyone. This is Mary from Bees Knees Podcast. I am so excited to share with you a Division I football player. So my name's Robbie Stewart. I'm, like Mary said, I'm a Division I football player. I'm a defensive tackle for anyone who knows football. I sadly suffered an ACL tear and a meniscus tear in my right knee that kind of postponed my career. I was out for a whole season. I started really having kind of some problems with that for a few different reasons. One, I had gone through... You know, in college athletics, we get athletic trainers that usually handle most of our physical therapy when we are injured. And our problem kind of was, is I had multiple of those people throughout my recovery and none of them really communicated very well because it was kind of an in and out sort of deal. So I was stuck kind of explaining where I was at in the process and everything, which clearly wasn't a great situation for someone trying to rehab a pretty serious injury like an ACL tear. And so that nine month mark kind of came around where they talk about, you know, you should be 80 to 85% back to where you were. You know what I mean? You should, you should be feeling better and feeling like you can do things. And in my head, I, I was prepared to be doing things at that, that mark. And that mark kind of came around and I was like, man, this still just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? This doesn't feel the way I want it to. You know what I mean? The way I think it needs to feel for me to be able to perform again. You know, and as an athlete, you go through all kinds of stuff. It's very stressful. You you kind of have those thoughts of like, will I ever be able to play again? Will I be the same player if I come back and play? You know, I mean, when when it happened, I was I'm, I was an older athlete. You know, this is going to be the the fifth season I play coming up here. I was an older athlete when my injury happened. I had athletic trainers asking me if I even you know wanted to continue with college athletics or if that was going to be it. And, you know, and that, that question is, is not never something you want to answer. So anyway, so I kind of came around that nine, nine month mark and it, my knee was nowhere near where I wanted it to be. And so at that point, you know, I am, I have a bachelor's degree in neuroscience. I took pre-med route. I just finished taking the MCAT a few weeks ago. So I kind of did my own research. I, that's what I started doing. And figuring out because I was like, what do I, whatever I'm doing right now isn't working. So I need to figure something else out because I, you know, you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. You know, everyone sets that. 
what were you doing? How were you trying to recover? For my extension and my flexion, it was kind of like towel slides, you know, where they, where you have you, where you pull your knee up with a towel. And then my extension was the whole, you know, put your foot up on a roller and put a weight over your knee. You know, you sit there, you know, you sit there for 15 minutes and you're just in pain the whole time, you know, and, and they kind of tell you that, you know, I was told and with some of it, it was true, but others, you know, you go back and you learn that that's not what it needs to be is that, you know, when you rehab a knee, there's going to be pain involved. With and in some aspects, like getting stronger, you're going to be sore the next day. But with the extension stuff, when I started doing my own research, I was like, it doesn't need to be that way, you know, okay. and. Okay. And so what were you struggling with? Like, what made you pick up the phone and think, oh, God, or. Right. Right. Search for another solution. To explain exactly what you're, what were you struggling with? Right. So one of the exercises that I found that I really liked because my, in my head, I wasn't strong enough. My leg wasn't strong, enough, you know, and to be an athlete, I obviously needed my legs to be really strong. So in my head, I was like, I got to get my leg stronger. I got to get my leg stronger. So I've, one of the exercises I liked was walking backwards on a treadmill. That one was a popular one I found on multiple different platforms to rehab a knee. And even you can keep the treadmill off. So you have basically a resisted backwards walk. Well, I was doing that one day and I noticed that my unaffected leg, you know, you get, you know, me, I, li I lift weights and everything as, as a football player, I get a, like a muscle pump, your muscles get fatigued and then you feel the blood flow and everything. And I noticed that in my left leg, I felt that a lot when I was doing the exercise, but in my right leg, I wasn't. So I kind of studied, I watched myself do it over and over again and I videotaped myself, you know, I. I had learned, I learned to do that through different things to kind of try to, you know, study your gait and how you're moving and how you're running just to make sure everything's okay. And I noticed basically my leg isn't extending all the way when I go to push off, you, you know, and, and so I go into the training room and I go, can you measure my extension? This is well after my search. Okay. And previous to this point, I hit the zero mark for extension, which is a hand measured thing with a little dial. It's not, you know, that's what they, that's what they use. They try to find your, basically find your femur and line it up with your joint. And then they use, you know, one of these math utensils to basically measure your knee. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, I've been in a lot of labs and a lot of stuff. I'm like, there's definitely a lot of human error. And we're, and when we're, we're talking about a degree or two that can completely change your recovery. I don't think we should be having human error involved. So anyway, so I went in and they measured me at five degrees away from zero on my extension. Mm -hmm. And so I, I said, I said, well, if I can't even straighten my leg all the way, there's not even any point in doing strengthening exercises because I can't even contract my quad all the way, you know, and your VMO, that teardrop muscle, it's one of the number one knee stabilizing muscles in your leg. And to get any contraction out of that, you really have to be able to straighten and lock out your leg. I'm so glad you're here listening to the Bees Knees podcast. I want to bring to your attention another resource that you might really enjoy and find some value in, and that is greatorthopedicsurgeons.org. If you're looking for a surgeon or you're interested in nominating your surgeon to be on this esteemed list, you can visit greatorthopedicsurgeons.org and enter in the name and information about your favorite surgeon. So basically, then they started me back on the, oh, wow, you're really at five degrees. This is so shocking to us. I go, well, you're my fourth athletic trainer and you know all this kind of stuff. And basically what 
you know, and once I had hit zero originally at like the two month mark or what, or what have it, it was just like, Oh, you're at zero. We don't need to do any extension work anymore. You know, that was basically the attitude. And then I got a new physical therapist who started my whole thing over again. So they started me back on the whole, okay, put your leg up, put a weight over it, all that kind of stuff. Let's press on your leg, which was not enjoyable at all. Everything very painful. Again, I kind of think to myself, I'm like, well, I didn't do research in the first place. And that got me into this predicament. So I should probably research this myself and see if I can find fixes myself. And then I, I started speaking to my mom, who is a godsend to me. She helps me with just about everything. And so we both started doing our own research and that's where we found X10 basically and the whole philosophy about it, about the, you know, how you don't need to have pain when you're working range of motion. And just the, the biggest wow factor to me is I was getting maybe 10 minutes a day of extension work previous to the X10. And it's an hour and 45 minutes to two and a half hours a day of extension is what you need to really to do it the healthy way. No wonder I'm not getting the results I need. That's basically what brought us to X10. The machine was delivered where? To your room or was it to your clinic? Where, where did you have it? I had to put it put right in my apartment. That's a game changer too, is the whole idea of having at-home therapy, I think. You go in for PT when you get injured. And you're like, okay, this is where I do my PT. And you spend 45 minutes a day there, an hour a day. Me being an athlete, I probably got more time in the PT room than most people do. Then you go home and you're like, well, no, I don't have to do. But I think especially when you deal with a big deal, like a knee reconstruction surgery, it's an all the time process that you have to deal with that you should be doing. Because when you think about it, you use your knee all the time. So if you're rehabbing your knee, you should probably be rehabbing your knee all the time in some way, you know? So having that right at home, you know, and I did all kinds of things. I watched shows, watched the television on it. I did homework on it. I studied on it. You know, I read books on it. You know, you, it's not like a super strenuous thing. It's just, you know, it's, it's stretching basically, but you just, it takes a lot longer than people think, I think, realize. Oh, for sure. So, okay. So the machines deliver, right? And now you've had nine months of trying to recover and you're still stuck, right? You've been stuck for a while. So what's going through your mind? Like when that measurement came back that I was at five degrees, everyone basically told me that for a lack of better term, I was right. Well, who's everyone? Tell me who, what does that mean? Um, who's everyone? Because <laughs> you know, my question was like, how do I get it back to zero? That was my first question. How do I get it back to zero? And my athletic trainers, you know, they were, they, they were basically like, well, let's just see if it'll move at all. You know what I mean? That was kind of the, and then I spoke to even PTs at X10 and they were like, we don't want to guarantee anything. You know what I mean? You know, we don't want to guarantee any, anything that's going to happen because we've never had a, a patient post-op for nine months, try to use it is basically what I, I was told. And we don't know how, what the success is going to be or anything like that. And I was like, okay, well, let's try it. See what happens. So I had some reservations about it. I had a lot of people tell me that it wasn't even going to work, but I had to do something. It showed up and, you know, it calibrated and everything. And the first, the first few times I was using it, I'm like, oh, this is a really, you know, I'm basically stretching. It was a completely different process than what I had been through before. And it was a longer process, but a more comfortable process. And you feel better coming off the machine 
I would do the machine before I went and worked out. Not only are you getting the range of motion, but then you go work out and you have that open range of motion that you can work through and strengthen throughout that range of motion. Because range of motion itself, as I'm sure like a lot of people know, is if you don't have strength within the range of motion, you don't really have the range of motion. Okay, so you start using it and tell me what happens next. Like what's going on? So I start using it and I tell my athletic trainers, like, oh, I don't want you push out my knee as soon as I got the machine. That's what I told them. They're like, well, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I, and they, and I had told them that I got this machine and they were supportive of it, of it and everything, because I think there was, at this point, I was asking more questions and controlling, being more proactive in my own recovery. And so they, they were supportive of the whole thing. And I'm like, I don't think I want you pushing on my knee anymore. I have this machine now that's doing the job for me. And why did you not want them? Explain to everyone. Why Why was that not a good thing? It hurt, first of all, right? <laughs> okay. So I, it, put me in a, it would basically put me in a terrible mood every day because, you know, someone comes over and pushes down your knee for 10 minutes and it hurts. They're basically forcing your knee into a range of motion that it's not ready for, you know? But other than that, you know, it's not all those tissues and everything, they have to warm up before they're ready to be stretched. And I think a lot of what my personal issue was was my hamstring was very, very, very tight because I had been in a lack of extension for so long. So then that muscle became very tight. And then not only that, I, I had another MRI done for my peace of mind. And I had a lot of scar tissue buildup in the front of my, which I'm sure was inhibiting some range of motion as well. So the two things, it's like a tight muscle and then scar tissue. You don't just want to push on that right away. That's a gradual process to stretch it out. Think about when you stretch, you don't just go to your the most intense extreme stretch right away. You gradually build up to it, you know, which is what the machine does. And what I was experiencing in physical therapy was, you know, that extreme stretch right away. Did you change your pause time for your stretch? I'm everyone out there the machine itself, when it's at a particular degree, you you can pause, you can customize it. You can pause the machine to hold your stretch at any degree of the range of motion you want to. And you can do it up to two minutes, right? I was at the 10 seconds most of the time, but what we did add was contraction at the top. <sighs> so that I was, instead of the machine forcing me, I was actively using my own muscles to stretch. Gotcha. You know? So While we did you're in it. Okay. Right. We did quad contraction at the top, which pushed my range of motion even, even further. I remember the first time I used the machine, I got off and my knee like snapped back, you know, I, like, you know, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't exactly, it wasn't all the way, but it was a lot better. And I remember just after a week of using it, I was down to like only two, two or three degrees, you know, away from, from extension, you know, from full extension. <laughs> And then, you know, I used it, I think I, I think I ended up using it for, it was, it was definitely months in the process, you know, but I got all the way to zero and, you know, I used to, I would wake up and not be able to straighten my knee all the way. It would be super tight. You know, I would sit down for 20 minutes and stand back up and my knee would be super tight. And I don't have a lot of that anymore. There's some, but there's not a lot. I'm back to. And, and, and the biggest thing for me is that once I got that extension back, I was able to get strong again. You know, 
I'm 290 pounds. You know, I can jump 32 inches in the air again. I can squat 600 pounds again, you know, all this kind yeah. of stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> and and th- those were a lot of things that, you know, when I was six, seven, eight, nine months, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do those things again, you know? Uh, right. So, and what did that mean you wouldn't be able to play football because of it, Ravi? I was pretty sad that I was, I was going to go out there and play with whatever I had, mm-hmm. but it definitely, I probably wouldn't have been the same. I'm so glad you're listening to the Bees Knees podcast. Here's another resource you might enjoy, and that is Knee Radio One. The website for this internet radio station is knee-radio-one.com. This is where you can listen 24-7 to knee surgery and recovery content from surgeons, physicians, orthopedists, physical therapists, and patients. Knee-radio-the-number-one.com. So we, we, play, we play our new game, our first game this week. I've done all of training camp, which for anyone who knows football is a very grueling and intensive process. <laughs> but all of training camp, I've had not really very many problems. I've had other parts of my body that hurt worse than my knee. You know what I mean? Oh, great. You know, I've had bumps and bruises that hurt a lot worse than my knee. He did. Oh, thank goodness, Robbie, right? <laughs> I'm head and tails better after the next time than I was before, for sure. For me, the, the biggest thing is always ask questions, be a proponent in your own recovery, and always understand that it's going to take work, you know? And it's, it's not going to be easy, but just because it's not easy doesn't mean you can't. Those are the biggest things I kind of learned. I'm a very stubborn person. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people will attest to that. And I kind and it might, it might have not been the most healthy way, but I, definitely just kind of isolated myself into the path. And I didn't think a lot about other things. I thought about the now, what I can do right now to make myself better. And you don't think about what could have been. You think about the predicament you're in right now and how I can make the predicament better, how I can get better, what I need to do today. And then on top of that, you make it, you make those things that you need to do it's not, oh, I can, I can do it. It's not, I, you know, I may do it. If I do it, it's, I have to do it. It's a non-optional thing. That's one of the things to me. People ask me all the time, you know, how do you do this and that and that? I go, because I have to, you know, it's a must, you know, yeah. it's, it's not an optional thing. Like there's no option for me not to, do it, you know, and a big thing for me too was, you know, you know, my my lower body might have been in rehab, but I was I was working out my upper body. You know, whenever the team went to practice, they had me in the weight room, and I was probably lifting upper body like seven or eight times a week just to keep my mind. You know, because I was so I was so used to phys, physical exercise and all this kind of stuff that I think that that really really helped pass the time was just being able to continue some kind of athletic movement and exercise throughout the process well see you you kept empowering yourself right yeah. with your thoughts with your actions right it matters right that, that that does play a huge role and yeah you want to call in the right tools for you to heal but you know it's not just the right tools right you got to stay right with the mindset like this is possible and and like you said 
you know, I read something recently that said, you know, people do not change usually unless they have to, because changing is hard, right? Yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and really, most people don't, don't go to that level unless they really want something, right? Or feel like, hey, I have to change in order to get this. Like, I'm so tired of the same outcome. I want a different outcome. And like you implemented all of those good tools, right? What made you choose football? I, I love watching football. I'm, I don't play football, um, but I love watching football. Well, in the eighth grade, I was like a 6'2", 225-pound eighth grader. So um, oh. that kind of decided it for me. But no, I, I've i always, you know, I started playing when I was pretty young and I was good at it. It enables me to, you know, it's paid for my college and all that kind of stuff. Yay! <laughs> Enables me to do the other things in my life that I love and then teaches you so many lessons, you know, and then there's the whole part too about just, I played defensive tackle. So I, you know, put my hand in the dirt and come off the ball and got to hit somebody every play. And that part's not. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) I wouldn't mind doing that every once in a while too. (laughs) What was I going to say, Ravi? Oh, and plus, don't you think this experience, because you're going to be, you want to be a doctor, right? A a neurologist. Am I right about that? Yeah. So I want to go to medical school and become a neurologist and work with football players and traumatic brain injuries, you know, concussions, all that kind of stuff. You're going to do a lot of good out there, Robbie. That's beautiful. I hope. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I am so glad you're better and you're playing and you're doing all your favorite things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) To learn more, visit x10therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us.